I'm more intimidated of this Golden State Warriors team than I was of the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna let the comment section hit. hit hold on, that one. <laughs> no, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Did the 27? How did the 2017 Golden State Warriors start? I res I respect the take though. It, it I can't imagine what it took to say that. Uh, yeah. Respect. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the Laced Up Podcast. Are we being trolled right now, Mike? What the fuck? Can I walk off right now? Put that on a poster. Whoa. Oh, now it's just an all-star game right now. You're such a bully. You don't deserve LeBron James, all right? It's insane. And you deserve exactly what happened in Chicago over the past decade. <laughs> so how'd you and your ex-girlfriend break that? <laughs> Bro! <laughs> Kidding! Was it because you were bad at basketball? <laughs> yeah. Yes! You look like you're about to get us ripped for waking up and coming out of our bedrooms to record a podcast. Oh, f off, man. <laughs> that wasn't, it wasn't me. Someone commented that. Yeah, but no, no, no. It's you. You keep bringing it up, man. You keep bringing it up. You know what? I think that one kind of hurt because I think that was like a case of like maybe I... I had been ghosted. <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't, I'm not me. ashamed of it. I am not ashamed of it. Hi, Laced Up Podcast. I'm recording in my freaking bedroom. I think it makes me relatable. Like, <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather me? Well, that's not why. That's not why you're doing it. But I, I see what you're saying with that one. <laughs> well, why else am I doing it then? Why else am I doing it? That's where you need to. Because, well, I mean, do you want to get into that right now, or? All right. So, next stream, I'll be. I'll move into my bedroom. <laughs> just record on my bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, now all right, now you're just trying to catch on to a trend. Recording in the bedroom <laughs> is like my thing, all right? <laughs> I haven't recorded in a bedroom in like 5 years. Um, yeah, cuz you you also have 1 million more subscribers than I do, buddy. <laughs> you're doing fine. You just whatever. I don't know if you want to announce your own purchase, nah, but nah, anyway. Nah. Um are we going? Are we talking about Jokic? All right, yeah. So, did you guys watch what happened? Did you guys, I'm sure you guys all saw the clip last night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nuggets have five on four. And Jokic. Oh, no. No. Markeith Morris hit Jokic hard. And then Jokic hit back harder. And Jokic is gone. So is Morris. You can't really see this, but Markeith Morris gets him with, like, a nice little elbow, you know, to the neck. And then right when Markeith Morris turns around, Nikola Jokic just, like, absolutely bulldozes him. And bear in mind, like, this is, a, you don't really think of this because you're watching NBA basketball, but Jokic is literally 284 pounds and 6 foot 11 running at Markeith Morris, who isn't looking at all with full speed. It's terrifying. I don't know if he was, like, faking his injury after, um, but you guys saw what Marcus Morris said. Uh, what do you guys think about this, man? Wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. You thought, wait, who do you think was the fake faking an injury? Morris? I think Markeith may have been like, you know, overselling it a little bit. Oh, man. Uh, Korzimba. I think you don't mess with Nikola Jokic, all right? Now, why, why, why do you not mess with Nikola Jokic? Because, Korzimba, why? Why? because Nikola Jokic has not only two bodyguards for brothers who 
Um, we'll get into Nicole Jokic himself, as Mike just referenced, is 280 pounds. Is looks like he could be a um, any villain from a James Bond movie, and he's a tough <laughs> ass guy. The thing is, I I said this to Tom, editor Tom. I said this to Tom this morning. As we were texting, I was like, no one would ever have would have thrown an elbow slash knee, which is what Marquise Morris did, threw an elbow and a knee at the same time somehow as Jokic is dribbling the ball up. No one would throw that kind of cheap shot at Shaq and then turn their back on him. All right. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, Jokic should have completely clobbered Marquise Morris. I mean, like, you know, that's just not a good look for the NBA. We don't want that happening all the time. But Marquise Morris does have a reputation for a lot of dirty plays himself. That is why Jokic, if you look on Twitter, Reddit, everywhere, he's been getting a lot of support, not like because he tackled someone, but because people just are choosing his side over Marquise's because Marquise started it, started it. And again, I will say just interesting decision to throw a, like a little bit of cheap shot from Marquise. And then turn your back on Jokic, who is a Goliath of a man. I feel like maybe that was being slept on a bit, but I don't think uh, you know anyone's sleeping on that anymore. Ooh, you said a lot right there. Uh, yo, I, I mean, I agree with what you said, but at the same time, like you just can't cheap shot somebody the way Jokic did. That's a dangerous play. And you know, I understand what Morris did is dangerous too, but uh, you just you just can't go around just hitting people in the back, the back of the neck, the back of the head, the back. Like, that's just dangerous all around. No, I'm with you. I agree. I, I agree that it was like, it's like a two wrongs don't make a right situation. But I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting that Markeith, like, just turned his back right on him. Like, nothing was okay. going to happen. So, the funniest thing to me is that when this whole thing goes down, you see Jimmy Butler... Kind of playing peacemaker, kind of, you know, mediating everything going on, um, removing a player from the process. I, uh, I I don't remember who it was, right? But then, like, five minutes, maybe two minutes, how, however long later, you see Jimmy Butler like, hey, come on, bro, meet me in the back. We're going back here. Meet me in the back when there's, like, everybody in between everybody. It's just, like, NBA fights and NBA altercations never cease to amaze me, and this is this is the final thing that I want to say on this situation, and I'll let Flight Mike go. Uh, did you guys see the picture? I, I honestly think this is a fake picture. It has to be satire of uh, of the of the Miami Heat team, like outside the Nuggets locker room, waiting for guys. Yeah, at two in, at two a.m. I like hopped my ass out of bed. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, uh, I'm just trying to imagine, man. Just uh, imagine being Jimmy Butler saying, "Meet me in the back. Meet me in the back." And then Jokic shows up with his two brothers in the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh, oh, honestly, man. honestly, I just think uh, I, I, it's it was like a knee jerk reaction from Jokic. Mark, I honestly yeah. think Jokic is definitely gonna take a huge hit for this way more than Markeith because like dude I understand like you got hit with a cheap shot but you're up 17 points at this point you know what I mean like this should not be something that you should even be investing time in Jamal Murray's out Michael Porter Jr's out now you're probably gonna get hit with a like decent suspension not the move especially if you're the defending MVP you're kind of held to a higher standard than most other players you know like you have a role player hitting you with a cheap shot of course he's gonna try to get under your skin you know what you should have done is just kind of brushed it off like 
doubt that even hurt you, man. You're so freaking huge. But we all, I, I get it. We all get pissed off. Hopefully, they don't hit him with too big of a suspension. But he's definitely going to look like the villain in this situation, at least to the NBA. Yeah, yeah there was no the NBA. I'd agree with the NBA, but like fan consensus here, which like our let's so let's play devil's advocate here. Um, fan consensus. So again, I'm not saying violence is the answer, and I don't agree with the you know okay trade the violence for the violence. However, fan consensus from what I've been seeing is that uh, which I will agree with in this is that Markeith did that was a cheap shot. Markeith has been doing cheap shots. I mean, Jokic definitely lost his cool. But and you know he paid the price, but it's a situation where it's like, what is Markeith Morris doing in this situation? Like, what happens if you know while he's coming to? What if Jokic comes down wrong on his ankle, tear something? Um, same kind of thing. I mean, I'm not like I'm not saying Jokic made the right decision, but like I understand why in his own head he got so heated because someone's throwing cheap shots at you. You're a seven footer, you know. Guys go down for uh, guys have gotten a lot hurt a lot more for a lot less, and you know he lost his head and he blew up. But I'm not sure uh, anyone's messing with Jokic anytime that, soon. That's, that's beautifully said right there, and you know you're right. Um, it, it, things could have easily went south. So uh, that adrenaline's going too, and um, I mean you know what it's like to be heated in a basketball game, emotions flying, even if it's a blowout. You know it's it can get hard to you know restrain your emotions especially if somebody hits you the way mark uh whatever morris brother hit Jokic. like that, that there's no there's no there's no need for that before we completely transition i want you guys to check out what i sent in the group chat it's it's hilarious oh like, my god oh my is god that actually real that's the jerseys no, no, they wait. were wearing oh my god that's kyle lowry too yeah this so this has to this this has to be recent oh my god seriously Led by Jimmy Butler. Imagine Jimmy Butler rallying up Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, whoever else is pictured here, and, and being like, "Yo, let's go meet, let's go meet these Nuggets guys, man." Bro, this let's is tell make, them. Good. This is gonna make for an epic like boxing match, like 15 years or 10 years down the line, when all these players are retired, like <laughs> Bam Adebayo versus Nikola Jokic. Or <laughs> um, this is uh. This is insane. I mean, hey guys, want to give a huge shout out to our OG laced up members, XZ, Avier, Degod, Jago, Kosolovsky, Ethan Rise, Danny from LA, Anala T, Elliot Bounce, Jafar Abdullah, BG Brody, Clifford Johnson, Zach Talks NBA, Scuba 280, Off the Bench TV, and Ray Gian. Thank you guys so much for joining on the Lace of Gold and Silver membership. Your guys' contributions make this all possible. And of course, make sure if you do join, to join in on the Discord, ask us questions. We'll bring you on in live pods. Tons of benefits to joining as a member, and it's super freaking cheap too. Honestly, I, I actually like what Jimmy's doing here though. Like, it's moments like this where, you know, you you really just bring your team together. You know, even though you guys don't fight, and I really doubt that they didn't actually fight, but, you know, as a leader of a team, you want to bring your team together. You want to make sure everyone has each other's backs. I'm for it, you know? So, <laughs> it so you're, really... saying, you're saying don't do what Tyler Hero did. Which is what? What did Tyler Hero do? Um, walk up and walk away. He was probably I mean, the closest one to the altercation. 
I mean, I think that was just a business decision. <laughs> I, went, I think Jokic is like, what? How much does Tyler Hero weigh? I'm assuming like maybe in the 160s, 170s. Like, the picture's insane. Um, as is, you know, what Jokic, the Jokic brothers creating a Twitter account. How about that? Bro, it's like the most Twitter. It's like exactly the Twitter account I'd imagine the Jokic brothers having. It's like it still has the egg you know, that has the avatar. Yeah, I imagine them like having a brief conversation. Like, oh, do we change? Do we do like they have like their pictures and then they like went to like take a selfie together and they're like, nah, this is lame. All right, just egg, just go. Yeah. It has to be either be the egg or it has to just be the Jokic brothers like making the duck face in a selfie. Like, all right, so like. Listen, all this thinking about fighting, you know, I heard a lot of buzzwords there, man. Uh, Coop, I know you were at Astroworld this past week, and you, you I'm glad you're okay. You told us about it a little bit, but I just want to hear stories, man. I'm so happy that you're not one of the 300 injured, or thank goodness you're not one of the eight dead. Tell me about your experience, bro. Yeah, so my Astroworld experience um, was way different from what I feel like a lot of people people's astral world experience was. Now I did go with one of my friends who did end up. Uh, I don't want to say like being like close to the front, but they were like in the middle of everything. So um, you guys know some things are, are going on with my girlfriend right now. So we like to sit in the back. That's just like the type of people we are. I, I don't like being around like a whole bunch yes. of people. And my thought process is kind of dumb sometimes. I'm like, what if I got to use the bathroom? What if That's I... That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, anything could happen, and it's hard to maneuver in those types of situations. So I just, I just don't like... I just, as a matter of fact, when I go to concerts, I always make sure that wherever I sit is, like, close to a bathroom. Yeah, I do the exact I same mean, thing. It's know, easier so. to find your friends, too, when you come back also. Yeah, that's a fact. So, um... The, the vibes were, were really weird at the concert. Like I said, we arrived late. We really only arrived for Travis's set. So we were able to pretty much walk right in. Um, the security wasn't too tough. The, what they were tough about was my wristband. When I first got there, uh, my wristband was loose. loose. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't like my wristbands being tight because it's it's annoying. It's, it's irritating. But, you know, there's a lot of resellers and stuff at the venue. So they were like, one of the cops was like, hey. You gotta tighten that up and he like squeezed my wristband on it and i was like okay but uh like getting in it was it was it was uh, a pretty like easy easy thing like there wasn't any hold up security was pretty lax um but yeah uh during the night everything was just the the, the vibes were just weird man and it, it really made me think about like travis's audience um one thing that stood out to me was like when I got there, there's like a lot of kids here. Like there's a lot of teenagers. There's a lot of guys, uh, a lot of girls under tw 20 years old. Like, yeah, I definitely felt out of place at that concert. And one of the first things that came to my head was like, I think there should be like a, an age limit for these things. Um, and you know, I didn't know that I, I've, I've been to Astroworld twice now. I didn't know that people had broken into the venue already. When something like that happens, you have to shut the venue down because there were a lot of people that broke in. Th th those are a lot of people that are unaccounted for. And those are a lot of people that didn't have to go through security. They could have got in with anything. So the the fact that the concert was able, the festival was able to continue after that, man, it wasn't one or two. You guys saw the videos. There's masses of people pouring in the World. 
So the fact that the festival was able to continue is just, it blows my mind. And I'm going to let you guys uh, have the floor in a second before I, uh, um, before I continue. But uh, one thing that really ticked me off was there was only two water stations. Just two. No the, fucking way. Yeah. And Are you guys you have seen the crowd. Bro, For no joke. <laughs> There's four water stations at the bar I went to last Saturday. I swear to God, there was literally, I mean, they were, I swear, there were four places where you could get water in one bar. Dude, when I went to EDC, like, there was a water station, like, literally every, like, there was, like, three per, like, stage, you know? Like, every bathroom, there was a water station. And, like, I, I've been to, like, a lot of festivals. You guys know I'm a huge festival goer. I've been to, like, eight edc's multiple raves and like i've gotten to like the veteran status where like i put pedialyte in people's camelbacks <laughs> like you know after every set I, uh, i'll like say hey i'm making a bathroom run and honestly like one of the things that i was thinking about when i saw what was going on with the travis scott concert is the fact that like dude when I, one of my signature moves maybe i'm getting freaking gold because like i have to do like a bunch of cardio before i go to like make sure i could keep up and whatnot um like train myself for these festivals but at some point or another i sit down at the stage like yeah, i I'm sit say, down I'm at the laying set. down yeah there's a point yeah. where like i sit down acl i was laying down acl was laying down water so, stations like, were I, everywhere like you said yeah so i'm like thinking like geez like you like whenever I'm sitting down, what usually happens is like I'm sitting down, I'm chilling, and people will come up to me and say, "Hey, you okay, man? Everything all right?" But over here, it just seemed so hostile. Like it seemed like people were trampling over other people, and like bodies were on the floor. People were suffocating to death. People were being crowd surfed to this uh, to security. Like there are so many stories of people just getting nerve damage, and I think there's this like one clip of travis either saying put your hands up or who told me to stop as some kid is like begging the security to stop the concert and it's just it's just so terrifying yeah, i think so a lot of that him? is that's my question because i so like from after the aftermath of all of this my fiance angela china angela um love you but uh she uh like you know has been like sending like like she's been like looking at a lot of like TikToks and stuff of like, oh, here's Post Malone jumping into his own crowd and like helping someone. And here's Adele stopping her entire concert and being like, oh, that person's getting hurt. You know, there's been like a lot of like videos and stuff coming out of other artists stopping their stuff and stopping and being like, oh, that person's in danger. And then like that's been contrasted with Travis Scott. So how do you feel like he handled it being there? Poorly, um, poorly. But I don't think it's all on Travis Scott. I think a lot of it is on Travis Scott. I think at some point, somebody should have came up to the stage and told him how serious everything was, you know, and that's assuming he didn't know, um, which is uh, you can't even assume that because he's looking at people on the ground and yeah, he should have intervened. But at some point, um, you know, somebody has to do something to stop the concert. If it's not Travis Scott, uh, you need whoever is managing the event, whoever is managing the venue to step up. Um, a lot of the stories from, you know, the incident from, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. You know, uh, I've been uh, immersed with this stuff. I, because I, I mean, I was there, I, I've been reading stories and hearing, and uh, 
after the concert, after the festival, we went to IHOP, right? And um, I'm talking with my friends that were at the festival at IHOP. And, you know, this stuff starts popping up on IG, popping up on Twitter. And we're just like, whoa, like, I, I can't believe it was actually this bad. And one of the things uh, that really, that really, uh, like, hit me at IHOP was uh, when we were eating, there was a, a, a group of, like, 17, 18 year olds sitting next to us. They heard us talking about the concert and they were like, yeah, you guys were there. It was crazy, blah, blah, blah. And this guy had a big like band-aid, like a giant, I didn't even know they made him this big, had it like right on his leg. And he was like, bro, there was like one point I couldn't stand. And I was like, he was like, yeah, like we were on the ground, we were scared. And he was like, but thankfully, like we were able to get up, but I, I he's like legit, like I couldn't walk. And there's one thing that really does frustrate me is um, I think, I think, like at some point, some of the people that were, I, I, I like, I, I would like there to be some cameras. I would like there to be cameras because people killed people at the end of the day. Um, you know, they got to be held responsible. I don't know how you don't know somebody's on the ground. I don't know how you don't feel somebody under you. Uh, it's, it's insane. My mentality That's is very strange. I'm. There's like, yeah, I don't even know. I can't, I, I'm not sure it can be explained. Like, you know, there's the, that whole situation where, um, what's, I forget the exact effect called, but it, where it's like everyone sees someone in danger, but no one actually calls the police because they all assume, or no, no, no one actually helps. No one actually steps in to help because they all assume someone else is going to. Um, it's like the bystander effect or something. I'm not quite sure, but yeah. So, I mean, things could get really weird. I mean, I'm, I, not even gonna it's bring called up the bystander. Yeah, it's called yeah, the bystander effect. effect. Is so real. That that crap is, that crap. That that it, that thing is so real. It's um. I don't. I think it has to be like uh. Like it could potentially be, just the type of audience that he attracts. But like, there's just so many logistic issues that I have. First of all, like, I, if there he has Travis has a history of doing this, but like. Even through his history, I knew he did this. My brother's been to many Travis Scott concerts where he's like, yeah, we got to go, like, everyone go crazy. Like, you know, like, I want you to break the rules and, you know, break in and, like, you know, just go nuts. And he's been, there's been times where, like, he has been arrested in the past for inciting, uh, like, inciting mayhem in the past. But it never got to this point. I agree with you 100% though. Like when people are uh, personally, like if I saw a situation where people were that hostile, I've been to one set in Coachella and this is why I don't go to Coachella anymore. I think I just got alienated from um, rap concerts in general, even though I really enjoy rap music. It's just like, it was packed and people were shoving and elbowing and I was next to my brother and we got separated and I got pushed to the outside of the set and I just like looked and I'm like that wasn't fun man like I, I'm not going back in there I'm gonna go somewhere else like that was not a good time like um hopefully when we go to Rolling Loud my opinion will be changed but hopefully that's also another thing I don't like I don't like a lot of people just associating like the whole thing with like rap or hip-hop or saying this doesn't happen here or this doesn't happen there um you know uh i, at the I end hope of the i'm day, wrong 
at the end of the day, it could have happened anywhere. And um, it's just that Travis has, uh, and it's documented happening other places. There have been festivals that have been shut down, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's 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 a lot on Travis. It's a lot on the venue. It's a lot on the way this this thing was set up. Um, you know, we we have never seen, at least I have, you know, never really seen anything like this. So this opened my eyes and and showed me that like yo like i i got it i like i i don't know man did you know that you were in a hostile atmosphere where people were like killing each other and stuff like that or did you not know that until the very end like when you got out oh no i had no idea. like i said we sat all the way in the back so uh it was impossible to tell what was going on from way back there like we we were literally playing festival games and stuff while the concert was going on while travis's set was going on uh yeah we we're getting scammed but uh yeah the wow. whole thing is just was just unreal man i'm glad you're okay dude um and when we glad go to rolling okay. loud let's Coopin. let's hang out in the back when we go to rolling loud yeah concerts over <laughs> festivals man what can i say i like i like concerts better i have like hey i'm gonna make you i'm gonna make um, you come to like an edm festival you guys will have a good time ben simmons has been the hot gossip of ben simmons lately um you know ben simmons on and off again with the news i really hope i will say about with ben simmons i really really hope that this mental that everything that he's doing mental health wise is like everything's good there like i really hope that this isn't some kind of scam from clutch sports because that would be that would like be like literally the most messed up thing ever so i'm just gonna just assume that it's not because that would be horrible but um, yeah, so if you guys didn't know, uh, Ben Simmons has not been playing the 76ers and they've been phenomenal basically without him. Took two games from the Bulls and Bede is just unstoppable. Um, but yeah, so what do you guys think? Meanwhile, also on the flip side, the Celtics have been playing pretty poorly. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, there have been questions. People are already, you know, starting to ask, like, maybe they're not a good fit. What do you guys think about the whole Ben Simmons, Boston Celtics thing? Because that is a new team that we haven't really associated him with. Desperation. On the on the on Celtics? On the Celtics behalf. I think it's desperation. Um if mm -hmm. everything's going good for the Celtics this season, I don't think they're interested in Ben Simmons. Um, but you know, with stuff hitting the fan already. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction here. The Celtics are four and six. It's it's really early in the season. Um, you know, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to end up being fine. But the timing of their interest, assuming that the timing is correct and this is new interest, I think there is a little panic going on within the Celtics organization. The worst possible thing that could have happened to Ben Simmons just keeps happening to him. Like, at first he decides to, like, um, sit out for the season and demand a trade. No one wants to trade for him. His value is at an all-time low. You know, Clutch Sports says, we don't care. Get him out of there. And he said, uh, and the Sixers fight back saying, okay, you're going to just rot on our bench. Then, like, he's, he's getting – now he's, like, getting fined each and every game. And the Sixers don't need him. Their season's fine. They're number one in the East at the time we're recording this pod. And this is, like, such an L – for Ben Simmons, like he probably went out and said, yeah, I'm a pull a James Harden, you know, I'm a, I'm a force my way out. And, you know, we've seen in the past, there's been times where players were able to like take this risk, like James Harden, it worked out for him. Um, Jimmy Butler, it worked out for him. 
Andre Drummond, it didn't work out for him, you know, and I guess Ben Simmons is just really not working out for him. Um, in terms of the Jalen Brown trade, I feel like if Boston trades Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons, like it would be a testament to the inexperience of Brad Stevens as a general manager and a testament to just the sheer brilliance of Daryl Morey. I mean, this man didn't waver, you know, like Malcolm Brogdon. No, D'Angelo Russell. No, we want like three first round picks getting Jalen Brown on the Sixers. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying for the Celtics. Uh, I guess, you know, Ben Simmons is more of a playmaker and maybe he'll work out with Jason Tatum, but I don't expect them to improve much from that trade, to be honest. So as a Rockets guy, you know, I'm over here wearing the Brooklyn the Brooklyn Harden shirt. Um, I got a, I got a lot of feelings about Daryl Morey. I feel somewhere along the line he became very overrated. I don't think he's handling the Simmons situation appropriately. I feel like there were better ways to go about this whole thing. But you know there was a there was a mess, and um, you know he's trying his best to fix it. So you can't really be too mad at it. Now, one thing I do want to bring up is I got slandered for this take last season. I said the Philadelphia 76ers were better and should have beat the Atlanta Hawks, even if. Ben Simmons didn't play. They still should have been able to beat the Atlanta Hawks. And it's very early, but here we are with the 76ers looking absolutely phenomenal. And Beats had some um, issues, you know, and they're sitting on top of the Eastern Conference. First of all, huge disclaimer, man. If like your mental health isn't doing well, you know, take some time off. Make sure you get your mental health right before you do anything else. But in the case of Ben Simmons, like... I really hope this mental health thing isn't just an excuse to get out of games. And even if, like, what's your end game here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe the Boston Celtics have some interest. Um, but I think it's a situation that if you're the Sixers, you have to pay extra to trade Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown. You know, like, I would uh, like I don't think Ben Simmons is the better player in this instance. I feel like Jalen Brown's the better player in this instance. That fits seamlessly with the Sixers. Um, I don't know. I honestly, I, I hate to, I know Ben Simmons bashing is kind of getting old, but you guys know from the very beginning, I was never a big fan of this man's character or work ethic. Like developing a jump shot is a hundred percent work ethic base. He's never improved and he's been the same exact player since the moment he entered the league. He's always, he's acted like an entitled brat. I think the, men the mental health thing is going to be, uh, unfortunately, I'm not saying Ben's misusing it, but I think there will come a point where um, if Ben's not misusing it, that it eventually gets misused in the NBA. And I hope players understand how dangerous that that could be because, um, you know, it's nothing to lie about. Uh, yeah, it, it's nothing to to joke about. Um, mental health is very serious. So hopefully Ben is being 100 percent transparent. Jalen Brown is already a more valuable player than Ben Simmons in terms of trade value, and I don't really see a trade happening here unless Philly is willing to throw in like Maxi and Thibel, and I'm not really sure um, if that's going to happen. I mean, that uh, Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons trade for uh, straight up makes absolutely zero sense. I think Jalen Brown is remarkably underrated and everyone knows he's good but i don't think people are paying attention to how freaking good this guy is like any player that attempts seven threes per game 
and averages 40% from three, like, is, that averages 40% from three and plays pretty good defense. Obviously, it's kind of hard to play defense in today's NBA. Um, just, and bear in mind, this is a guy that's two years away from his prime officially. I guess he's kind of entering his prime. I am, I didn't buy into the Jalen Brown hype back in 2019, you know, but right now I am absolutely loving this guy and uh, he's picking up from where he left off before the injury. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum here. You know, we've got little drama in Philly, of course, there's always drama there and uh, the Celtics have been underachieving, but a team that we brought up a bit in our preseason uh, predictions was the Cleveland Cavaliers. And me and Coop at the time, I forget, Mike, if you had agreed, but me and Coop at the time had talked about how we thought the Cavs could take a step up from where they were being ranked preseason-wise, including by ourselves. And right now, the Cavs are currently sitting in the playoffs with a 7-4 record as a 5 seed. And multiple guys on their team are looking really good, honestly. I mean, what do you guys think about Evan Mobley, Mobley specifically? Because... I mean, after watching him play a few games, I feel like he just has all the tools to be like a really special player. Yeah, um, phenomenal talent, you know. Um, he's he's looking like a young Anthony Davis out there. He is, I think I think he's looking like a mix of like Anthony Davis and maybe like Jaron Jackson Jr. This guy is special, right? What is he, seven foot? Can slide his feet like a guard, gets up and down the floor big time, lob target, can score on the block. And most importantly, I love who he's playing alongside. Um, I think Darius Garland's going to be a star. I think he's going to be a superstar. This guy handles super? the super. I mean, I that might that might be pushing it. Look, look. I think Mobley's the but, superstar, but uh, okay. Well, hey, I'm sure the Cavs would be happy with two. Um, you know, like I said, it might be pushing it. I just love the way Darius Garland controls the game. This guy's 21 years old. If you look at his splits, they're absolutely ridiculous. He has the handle. He has the jump shot. He can pass. I'm not sure what the flaw in his game is. Maybe the defense or something. Uh, he's shooting 48% from the field. He's a high-volume three-point shooter shooting 44% from the field. I feel like all he's lacking is more shots. You know, um, I just think he's that type of talent. Obviously, uh, superstar may be pushing it. He'll definitely be an all-star in my book. But, yeah, I'm, I, I love what I'm seeing from Evan Mobley. I love what I'm seeing from the Cavs. And shout-out to my boy Ricky Rubio. When you play with floor generals like Darius Garland, Ricky Rubio, it makes Mobley's life so much easier. I think he is so set up for success. I mean, like, you have a fantastic um, supporting cast around him. Isaac Okoro is supposed to come back soon. Then you have uh, Kevin Love, who appears to be excited to be a Cleveland Cavalier. Like, this is a guy, I don't expect him to be anywhere near the player that he once was, but you got to admit, that's a fantastic mentor for Evan Mobley, although they have significantly different games. Um, Colin Sexton currently has a meniscus tear, so we, uh, we have no idea. He might be out for a little while, maybe a month or two, but I think the fact that Colin Sexton is going to be out is really going to open the door for Darius Garland. Ricky Rubio is, I don't know, this guy is like a fine wine. He just keeps getting... He is so disrespected, like... I don't, I don't understand the Rubio disrespect, bro. Well, he did have so the so Ricky Rubio has been playing lights out, uh, particularly last game, just draining three after three. Um, 
Whatever happened in Minnesota is what happened with the disrespect. I'm not really like last year he shot around 39%, 8.6 points per game. Um yeah, I mean, I don't I'm not really sure. Uh I I remember uh Suns fans were I remember. But Suns fans were talking about Rubio and they were saying that if Aiden had stayed healthy that they were going to have a very solid shot at the playoffs in 2020 because or if he didn't get that he got suspended, right? For using PDs or something. Yeah, there was a, a whole yeah. mess going so on with Aiden. Suns fans were saying if Aiden if that didn't happen, like they basically they were saying they love Rubio. This Cavs team in general is just very fun to watch. Um, I do agree that with Colin Sexton out, I'm interested to see, yeah, if Darius Garland can continue to emerge. He had great stats last year. Jared Allen is an absolute just animal on the block. Like he is a rebounding beast. Currently averaging 11.6 boards, 14.9 points per game. Um, I feel like him and Mobley have worked really well together. And the reason being is that Evan Mobley already is displaying like advanced skills for a big man that I think are like why, you know, why I really think that he has all potential in the world and could be a true superstar. I mean, you are watching Evan Mobley as a rookie. He's pump faking at the three-point line, taking one dribble and gliding past everyone to the basket. I'm like, what is going on? This is a rookie, a big man. Evan Mobley's catching passes um, at the top of at the top of the key with no hesitation, firing to the corner at, for wide open guys. Like his uh, his ball movement, his passing IQ, um, just his basketball. Uh, his basketball IQ in general has been way better than I thought it would be for a rookie big man. He's looked great with Jared Allen. They've connected on some um, nice plays together. Can't wait to see how he continues to do. So not to get lost in the sauce, I don't know um, the type of reaction I'm about to get from you here. I'm about to bring up one of your guys, man. Um, Larry Markkinen. Uh, while the stats don't show it, I think he has been somewhat solid this season, but I'm not here to talk about necessarily his play. I'm here to talk about what the Cavs has been, have been doing with Laurie Markkinen, Evan Mobley, and uh, Jared Allen. They've been they've had some lineups. Uh, we've seen it for a decent amount this season, a decent part of the season, where they throw three seven footers out there and they play some zone defense. And it has absolutely um, confused some teams. They're not used to seeing that in today's NBA, and I, I just love it. If it works, if it doesn't work, I love the mindset of when some people zig, others zag. So, you know, the Cavs, like you said, playing some excited basketball. I'm looking forward to uh, what they can do this season. Wish I had them higher in my standings for, uh, you know, our, our forfeit, but. Yeah, it it's crazy because it right you're right. They do, there are lineups where they'll have like Ricky Rubio and Darius Garland. So like a six foot guard and like a six foot two, six foot three guard, and then three seven footers. Uh, with Lowry at the small forward spot. Now, Lowry is shooting horribly. Um, <laughs> but it's, it might it might be an experiment that's not going the best, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I know his individual stats aren't great. I haven't looked at his on-off-court stats. But, um, it, yeah, I, I like what you said with zigging when, you, um, when other teams are zagging. Uh, yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers are a team that was supposed to not make the playoffs this year. We had them, we all ranked them third to last. And the fact that they're in the playoffs, in the playoff hunt is crazy. I'm looking at it right now. Um, the lineup of Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Larry Markkinen, Evan Mobley, and Ricky Rubio have played 11 minutes together. 
And eleven. Those, Wait, you and, gotta stop. And, you gotta stop. You gotta stop. It's eleven. But, That's less but, than a quarter. But, but I, I, it's a small sample size. But <laughs> that lineup has uh, netted a plus thirty-nine point three uh, per one hundred possessions, plus minus. Um, their main lineup of Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Larry Markin, and Evan Mobley and Colin Sexton is actually a minus one point four. So that it is something that's interesting. Uh, but Larry's you know. on off court stats are so bad. He is currently uh, the offensive ratings of teams. The differential is pretty bad. I don't know. Yeah. So wish they had another seven footer to throw in there. But you yeah. have to. You have to think. I, I hope Larry comes around because I'm rooting for that guy, regardless of what the stats say. Man, he had that Bulls nasty poster. Didn't he dunk on Jokic? You saw that. Just threw one down on Jokic. Took it coast to coast. Lowry would be starting for the Bulls, I think. I'm. It's right now, I mean, without Pat Will, uh, Javante Green is starting over him. And Javante Green is like six foot, is four, six foot five. So I you know what? imagine screw it. Lowry would be starting for the Bulls, I'd, I'd imagine, this season right now. 11 minutes, man. Screw it. I like that lineup. I like that lineup. <laughs> Rubio, Garland. <laughs> I think Rubio and Garland are a better fit than Sexton and Garland. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It bums me out, man. Like, I remember when there were rumors about the Lakers pursuing Ricky Rubio and Buddy Heald. And instead, we have Russell Westbrook doing. Remember when you had Alex Caruso? You just uh, gave him it. <laughs> Bro, I can't believe it. The Wizards won that trade. All right. I'm, I'm not going to get into it. We're not talking Lakers. We'll talk about. About my yeah, we'll take a Lakers break, guys. Guys, if you uh, a little Lakers break, we stink. You All right, stink, I'm sorry, just, and I'm the one stink. that pays for it. I I hate it here. How the only why? thing I have to say is I can't honestly. I'm not gonna. This might sound like an insane statement. It might sound too overreactive. At this point in time, I don't see the Lakers like winning the championship. I can't imagine this roster turning around no, and becoming the best team. I mean, there's nothing wrong team. with that. There's, there's the somebody... best team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't yeah. imagine them becoming the best team. Like, I could imagine them turning it around and becoming way better than what they've been. And, you know, but I just can't imagine them becoming the best team out of this. Yeah, I agree. Let's start with the playoffs first. Um, but anyway, speaking of the best team, should we talk Golden State Warriors? Yes, we should, because that team is freaking insane so far. Like, I don't know what it like. I don't know how the hell Steph Curry is doing this this year. I think they finally got him a really good supporting cast. I mean, you you don't have Clay. I mean, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say finally, but like post Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson uh, injury era. This supporting cast around Steph Curry is very, very deep, and it's not too top heavy. You're you're seeing um, you're seeing huge contributions from first of all, like the signing of Otto Porter was brilliant. He's not doing like a crazy amount, but it's brilliant. Nemanja Bjelica loved the acquisition of him, and uh, then you have Damian Lee that is absolutely shooting like lights out from three, and. Uh, I'm, know, like, I'm gonna say that, man, I'm, I'm just a target right here. That uh, I, I don't know how good their supporting cast really is. I think their supporting cast plays great together. I think they have a continuity that you can't necessarily replace, and they know how to play with 
Stephen Curry, and they also have become accustomed to surviving um, the minutes where Stephen Curry isn't playing. Uh, I mean, like right now, for me, uh, I know he's had some up and down games, but I think Steph Curry is going to end up being the MVP this season. And I say up and down, I mean, this guy's been fantastic. If Steph Curry wins MVP and where suddenly I, that's crazy because suddenly um, there is a legitimate real discussion right to be had immediately of who's the greatest point guard of all time. And I mean, you got to put Steph out like right there. Who, it's who all, he's already second? right there. He's already right there. I'm thinking just magic. Magic. So right there, it becomes like uh, what that evens them in MVPs. I'm talking about historical accomplishments, not like who you oh. have on your team. Just just hmm. to be clear, because in the current modern NBA, yeah, I'm just talking about like accomplishments wise. Hmm. But okay. um, yeah, that would that would tie Steph with three MVPs to Magic's three. Steph is a three-time champ. Magic is a five-time champ. So they're definitely. Um, there's definitely some uh, accomplishments Steph has to still accomplish in order to potentially beat out Magic. But, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible what Steph's doing at this point in his career. I mean, like, when when does he slow down? Because he's playing such incredible basketball at the age of 33, uh, about to turn 34. So he's turning 34 in about three to four months. That's insane. A lot of people tore the Warriors apart for not going out and getting Ben Simmons or not making a major move or even trading for Andrew Wiggins. There was some criticism there, but I mean, this team has been so well run and their ability to find talent. I mean, uh, when the Pelicans played, uh, the Pelicans played the, the Warriors, I think it was Friday night. Um, you know, I was able to watch a little bit of the game at the festival and man, Gary Payton Jr., just looks like an absolute steal for the Golden State Warriors. And it's just kind of something that we've become accustomed to saying. Did you uh, see what Gary Payton said about Gary Payton Jr., uh, the second's athleticism? Oh, I did, I did, I did. If we could play it, if we could play it, Tom, I could like send it to you to play. But <laughs> he literally said, yeah, I don't know where you got that athleticism from. It sure ain't from me. Maybe the mailman yeah. came around <laughs> when funny. I yeah, was maybe on the, the road. Mailman, yeah, maybe <laughs> He was not referencing Carl Malone, thankfully. Yeah, thank I, I, I thought he was. I thought he was when he no, said the he, mailman. No, no, no. no yeah, he no just shot. meant like he just meant like while while like his wife maybe his wife hooked up with the mailman because maybe I, the mailman had the athleticism. He did not mean Carl Malone, bro. Like I've never heard the mailman like being the person to hook up with the wife. Like I heard you the never pool heard boy. That? Yeah, what? I've never heard the mailman. Live? Like where no, have you that's been? A, that's a good joke. That's definitely yeah. a thing. I mean, it's the old time yeah. joke. Anyone that comes to yeah. or in your house um there's a joke about that person sleeping with your wife yeah yeah like the milkman <laughs> used to be a, a common yeah. one too i think like, yeah I'm not milkman's coming um, you know i'm not gonna finish what yeah. <laughs> statement so um kaminga's back which is cool to watch uh he's been a little bit so the thing is moody and kaminga if we're looking moody's averaging seven minutes a game kaminga's averaging 4.6 they're buried at the bottom of the depth chart. So my question to you guys is with the way that the Warriors are playing with all of their pieces that they've already had without Kuminga, without Moody, um, what would you do with those guys right now? Because 
they are quite literally like rotting at the end of the bench. Like you don't want you don't want top ten picks playing seven. Send them down to the yeah. G League. Easy. Pelicans yeah. made this mistake. Don't want to see it happen to another team. Uh, your young guys, if they're not getting rotation minutes, uh, you can call them up whenever. But send them down. They gotta get some basketball in. Uh, I don't think you learn that much. I mean, I mean, to an extent, you can learn something. But you know, at the end of the day, you gotta get some reps in. Um, send those guys down. I'm a little shocked at the Warriors. Went with Jonathan Kaminga, who was probably one of the more unpolished prospects in this draft. Uh, I thought Moody was a bit more polished. Uh, but yeah, they passed on Franz Wagner, Devion Mitchell, uh, Duarte, Franz Wagner. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Franz Wagner. I, I, no, when I was like doing mock drafts, I thought for sure the Warriors were going to go after Franz Wagner at some point or another because he just seemed to fit the bill. Like a player that plays great defense, a player that could hit it from three, like fantastic for those switches that the Warriors love to run. I think the Warriors have a very good problem. They have an embarrassment of riches in terms of role players. And when you're in this situation, you're not going to like, like get rid of your role players. It's um, kind It's going to be even worse because they're going to get like Clay Thompson back soon and then they're going to get james wiseman back so they're going to be even deeper so yeah I this guess- is actually crazy you're right freaking but- i forgot about james wiseman for a second i was you know i was thinking clay but yeah they're getting literally james wiseman back the number two pick um I mean, he's coming back yeah they already yeah so these guys have to go to the g league i guess oh i mean gosh, yeah it's it's insane because I mean if you look just like the the lineup is set it in stone basically it looks like I mean especially with the way they've been playing they have I mean Juan Toscano Anderson is uh, currently their tenth guy according to Basketball Reference with Gary Payton the second being their eleventh yeah so starters 11, for the Pelicans so they have eleven deep so their rotations eleven deep yeah that's without Moody or Kaminga Moody and Kaminga are below that. So, so I I guess with that it does make sense why they did. That's before the Clay, and yeah, it's uh it's kind of yeah it's unfortunate. Does Andre Iguodala even get minutes at this point? Like I forgot no, Andre Iguodala was a huge contributor. He's actually like, well maybe not huge. He plays twenty minutes a game, and out of nowhere, dude, he's catching lobs. He's uh, he's out there. I mean, he's playing like, twenty minutes a game. Maybe. He eventually doesn't play as much. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised that he is playing as much as he's playing, but he's looked a uh, spry out there. It's uh, yeah. It's uh. It's really interesting. Oh yeah, he comes off of the bench for Andrew Wiggins, and then Otto Porter Jr. kind of fills in the Draymond Green role. This team is absolutely nuts. I mean, I really like the fact that they're playing really deep rotations. Just make sure everyone gets a little run in during the regular season. Prepare for when you have to play meaningful minutes in the postseason. They're nine and one, and they don't even have Clay Thompson and James Wiseman back. I wish the Lakers were at full strength because like I always wanted to see like the West and the Clippers for that matter I wanted to see the full strength Western Conference teams go up against the full strength Warriors even without Kevin Durant I always held the Warriors to like really really high esteem mainly because like their greatness is uh, built on is built on the back of just 
three remarkable, well, four remarkable players, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, just having tremendous chemistry with one another, Steve Kerr knowing how to play them and put them in the best situations to succeed, and then just really integrating the right role players in. And I think this year, they're even scarier. Like, I'm more intimidated, and this is going to be a bold or a hot take, but I'm more intimidated of this Golden State Warriors team than I was of the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. The Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors seem to be like... Like, there'd be a lot of moments where they would pass the ball into KD and KD would do his thing, the best score in, uh, in the NBA, and he may take the Warriors out of rhythm. You know, but this seems to be like some sort of harmonious symphony where each and every player has their fingerprints on the game. They don't take each other out of rhythm and they create plays for one another. Um... <laughs> Did the twenty seven? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to let the comment section hit, hit hold that one. No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Did the 27, how did the 2017 Golden State Warriors start? Like, how did they start their season? Did they go 9-1? Uh, I'm pretty sure any Kevin Durant Warriors team is taking did they them. Have, did, you, did they have Draymond Green screaming to Kevin Durant that they don't need him? Did they have locker room turmoil? Listen, I'm, I'm with sure, you in terms of uh, in terms of chemistry. They're, they, uh, I love it, but... um. I feel like, you know, KD. give me Kevin Durant. Yeah. 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 Give me give me KD. Top 10, 15 all time. I, res- I respect the take though. It, it I can't imagine what it took to say that. Yeah. Uh, respect. <laughs> I, can't I, mean, I, I mean, look, look, I'm just a fan of I'm just a fan of good team basketball being rewarded. Yeah. We all know, are. It's kind of went a little, little bit farther than yeah, we wanted yeah, to, yeah. but sure. It came from a good place. Guys, it came from a good place. So You guys are just casuals. I don't expect nah, you to shout out, shout out Draymond. I do want to say shout out Draymond. I've um, been going crazy. Shout, yeah. shout out Draymond. I've been going crazy. Number two guy on the team. Clear cut number two guy. And, you know, just holds it all together. Been the glue guy for forever. Doesn't get as, uh, as much credit as he deserves. So what do you guys think about... Uh, Darren Williams fighting Frank Gore. Did you guys did you guys hear this? It was announced as we were like recording the pod. Um, I have thoughts. So one, me and Tom are gonna possibly do uh what happened to Darren Williams video that will be uploaded basically the day of the fight to capitalize on momentum. So excited for that. Um two, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So we we're, at one point we were living in a world where Chris Paul and Darren Williams were like the two guys. It, it was they were I tweeted out a magazine cover of it was like, you know, who's who's number one, uh, who's the number one point guard. And at a point in time uh, in Utah, Darren Williams was a I remember he was a problem for Chris Paul. He was more physical. Um, he was he was more built a little bit. People were people had legitimate discussions of, OK, Chris Paul or Darren Williams. I feel like they leaned on the they definitely leaned on the side of chris paul people thought chris paul was better but it was just more of the fact that darren williams was right there in the conversation at that point in time and now it is like a little jarring to see chris paul lead um you know the suns of course with aiden and booker and all them but you know be a huge key contributor to a suns team that reached the nba finals while darren williams is you know taking a fight on jake paul's undercard pretty crazy what do you guys say don't underestimate how big this fight really is they're not just getting anybody right like yeah you're right yeah i mean like here's the thing darren williams is six foot three 
Frank Gore is five. Why would he want to fight Frank Gore? No, Frank Gore is a tank, though. I'm not fighting Frank Gore. I'm 6'10". I'm terrified of Frank Gore, man. The guy would bulldoze people. Like, he literally just retired one year. Wait, yeah, he just retired one year ago. This guy is probably, like, has probably one of the greatest longevities I've ever seen in NFL history. So <laughs> I don't want to fight anybody that could average 3.5 yards a carry in 2020 on the Jets in the NFL. I'm not yeah, doing on it. the freaking Jets, bro. I'm not bro. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. So devil's advocate, devil's advocate. I, wanted, I just want to say, because Tom did just uh, post this in our group chat. So apparently Darren Williams ha has said this. Combat sports have been a part of my life since my youngest days. Before I was a basketball player, I was a wrestler. Since 2015, I've had the privilege of owning an MMA gym. And through that, I've trained in various martial arts to stay active. Over the last year, I've been waiting for the right opportunity to translate my training into a professional debut. I'm making this happen on December 18th against Frank, one of the physically strongest NFL players in history. So he's not backing down. He's he's had an MMA gym since 2015. That, yeah, that right. changes things. That completely like 180s my perspective because he's also bigger. Um, in MMA, give me technique over size any day of the week. That's actually six inches, but six wait, inches they're, they're, they're boxing though, right? Boxing and yeah, there's just boxing. It's yeah, not, not, boxing. Hand, boxing. not hand in hand. That's there's a little there's a little separation there. So that also I, weakens it a little bit. I don't know. It's more interesting now for sure. Well, he's uh, trained in various martial arts. I'm assuming that would mean that um, well, he gravitated towards boxing as he was training. I well, mean, it I might mean, not mean that. Uh, I, Lamar Allen fought Aaron Carter, and I don't think either of them trained very, very yeah. a bunch. I, I automatically, I don't like, I don't know the shape that Frank Gore is in. Um, probably he, good. Probably he's good. probably he's probably in like a guy that's been playing in the NFL for 15 years. I don't know if he like retired and he was like, okay, let me chill for a little bit, but. This man, like, is one year removed from, again, like Coop said, rushing for three and a half yards per carry on the lowly New York Jets. He's three years removed for rushing for 4.6 yards per carry on the horrific Miami Dolphins. So this is a guy that still, like, has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of strength in him. Yeah, a lot of juice. And I'm expecting him to have like I, i'm definitely expecting him to have an edge on darren williams in the stamina game so i don't know uh, who, who are stamina you guys going with giant stamina is giant before yeah you and answer boxing that, oh yeah wait, you yeah. think wait wait but wait i'm actually confused though wait why frank why would frank gore who plays football have the stand i don't get it I mean, you're talking about Darren Williams, who's been out of the NBA for yeah, but we, five Darren years. Darren Williams, the thing is, is an unknown at this point. If he's been training, these are that's mm. that's the thing. Mm. He's an unknown. I mean, I saw bro, I saw Nate Robinson lose to Jake Paul, and all of a sudden, Nate Robinson I, I wasn't thought, claiming he's been training for six years. Nate Robinson literally mm. straight up said, "I'm an athlete. I, I think I'll bro, just be an athlete and beat him you're, up." You're telling me Darren Williams has been training for six years, but hasn't fought a single MMA fight. Or fought a single boxing That's a good fight. Point. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. That's so really I don't think point. six six years. No, definitely not. Um, but what I will say is, I don't think. I mean, Frank Gore. I who knows? They both have to train a ton to not get gassed fighting. I mean, completely. So, just, I'm just saying, it's completely different sports. Like you, can't, you don't just you're in football shape and suddenly that like is translating over to conditioning fighting wise. Two to be different fair, types of conditioning. I think football conditioning translates to a lot of things pretty decently. So. It's not far-fetched to say that 
some of that or a decent amount of that won't translate. But, but you're also right, it is. a lot of run and stop, and fighting's a lot of never stop. Yeah, but I'm sure he also has, like, rigorously trained his upper body. I'm sure his conditioning is, is top tier. Um, having muscle stamina is probably one of the most important things in fighting. And, I mean, I'm just going to assume Frank Gore has that. But uh, you do you do make good points. You do good, you do make good points. My question to you guys is serious. I want I want to I want a serious answer. Are either of you watching this? Oh yeah, yeah, most uh, definitely. Yeah, oh, because I'm watching because I'm watching wow. Jake Paul. When, I watched when, the Jake Paul fight. Oh, when's the, oh, when's the last time you watched a Paul brother fight and got disappointed? Never, right? It's I've always great. Every, I've watched every, every Paul brother fight. Okay, ever. but but did you watch the Lamar Odom fight? I um, no, I watched the highlights for that one. I, I watched the fight. It was a sad fight. Yeah, yeah. that one was that one was really bad. I do want to just. Uh, I feel like people are going to be like Frank or I do want to say, on top of all that, um, the wear and tear on football, especially to the head. I don't really love the trans transition into boxing, to be honest. But um, I, th I, I think Frank Gore is a di is a different case. Like there are some running backs where. Like the Emmett Smiths and the Darren Sproles and the Frank Gores that just really understood that if they wanted to have longevity in the sport, they needed to get hit as little as possible. And Frank Gore was just really good at that, you know, running out of bounds, trying not to get tackled. And to his credit, man, I think uh, you listen to this guy give interviews and he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. What's crazy is he retired a year ago and his son's about to go to the NFL next year. That's cool. All right. Well, you guys know way more about football than me, so I'm 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 with you. I was I was playing devil's advocate. I was I was playing um, interested uh, consumer of this fight because I will be watching. We have seen your comments. We've we want to be the people that cover every team in the NBA and not just talk about the Lakers, aka that's why we're not talking about them right now. But Washington Wizards, Kyle Kuzma, Mike. Uh -huh. I heard before you were a little disappointed. And the fact that you guys gave up Kuzma because he has been playing pretty well for a Washington Wizards team that is playing very well, at least in the yeah. first time games. I why do we? Uh, a part of me kind of wishes that we didn't create a Twitter so people could tweet us topics to cover, or we don't have like our members suggesting these topics in our Discord. But yeah, man, uh, we uh, we literally lost the Russell Westbrook trade, like. I can't believe it. Um, we shipped off Montrez Harold and Kyle Kuzma and uh, I forgot there was one and and Contavious Caldwell Pope. We shipped off Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Montrez Harrell. We got back Russell Westbrook, and they went ahead and signed Spencer Dinwiddie. And Bradley Beal said that, that he was going to stay. And I was like, okay, what the hell are you smoking? Like, why would you want to stay on the Wizards? There's no way they're gonna contend. And lo and behold. This team is actually really freaking good. They're currently at seven and three, which I know it's really early in the season, but the lot this is their like this is tied for their second best start in franchise history. Bear in mind the last time that they started seven and three was 2014 to 2015. They currently have the um they currently have the fifth best strength of schedule adjusted scoring margin. Um their offense, their 13th in offensive rating per 100 possessions. Eighth per defensive rating per 100 possessions. And get this first for defensive effective field goal percentage. So that's the huge, that's the top reason that they're performing so well. Cause if you remember last year, this team was just horrific defensively. 
Yeah, they're doing all of this um, on top of that with Bradley Beal currently, as we all know, you know, he's averaging around 30 for the past few seasons. But this season, he's currently averaging 24.2 with four turnovers and only shooting 25.5% from three. So Beal has not been, you know, the guy that's been making this all go. It really has been the other guys. They're a pretty deep team. They've got... Has like uh, Danny and Daniel Gafford and Bertans and Aaron Holiday as their seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth guys. Corey Kispert right now, their um, you know first round pick, is only playing ten minutes a game, ten and a half minutes a game. So you know they're riding the veterans, and it's been working so far. Um, I'm interested to see if Beal is going to pick up, uh, you know, get if he's going to, you know. We said we we're going to talk about Damian Lillard next pod, but, you know, kind of not as much of a situation, but his three-point stroke has just not been where it's normally been at. What do you guys think? Do you think that the Wizards are real? Do you think that they're going to be a playoff team this year, or is this a little bit of just a hot start? I think uh, the Wizards are uh, the Wizards is real as Denny Avdia's nationality, man. The man, uh, the man is really developing as well. I'm liking the uptick in minutes. And I just wanted to give a tidbit before Coop gives his take. And that's the fact that Montrez Harrell is the second leading scorer on this team. 18 points per game, 25.85 PER, 1.3 blocks per game, 9 rebounds per game. Did I mention the Lakers stink? Um. Yeah, you, you guys didn't play him. You signed Lake, Drummond yeah, over you, him. You tried to ruin Montrez Harrell. I mean, let's I be didn't, real. I didn't. I didn't do anything. Well, you're the, you're a Lakers fan. You're part of the problem here, Mike. All right, we gotta stop saying the L word. The L but, word. But anyway, speaking of L's, the Lake. Just kidding, sorry. The, oh, the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, holy crap. Games for my mental, what did I say? For my mental health sake, man. What'd you like, say? <laughs> I, I might have to stop watching games no, for my mental no, health sake. No, 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 uh, no. If the Lakers are bad, you need to watch every game. I've watched uh, every... Uh, the Pelicans are 1 in 10 as I make this video. Might be as we make this... As we record this podcast. Yes, I make I this have video. to watch the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, as I make this video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the Get Like Coop channel. But, but before we cut off... They're one in ten. They're one in ten, bro. I've watched every game. You have to bear with uh with with, with whatever the Lakers, Lakers got going fans on right now. Spoiled. Seriously, no. I, I, with one championship, we're sorry, we're not getting into this. Coop, give your take. I on mean, that was fan. a Mickey. <laughs> no. What are you doing? We're here to talk Wizards. Okay. We're here to talk Wizards. Yeah, we're talking no, Wizards. Like, I didn't even. No, you see, I didn't even say. I didn't even. I didn't even say what was a Mickey Mouse like thing. Oh, like I could have been talking God. about you. You see, the fact that you know or just assumed what I was going to say tells me all I need to know about that championship. You, That's all I'm gonna say. You know, Can we get an old man mic down in the comments, bro? There's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with getting old. Look at look at Darren Williams. Look at Frank Gore. They got boxing going on. You got things going on for you. Are you trying to challenge me to a boxing match? I'm like, I wouldn't want to do that to you. I would die oh. if you want. If you want a box, we can box. I wouldn't want to do that to you though. But oh, you're yeah. Oh yeah. It looks like Mike wants it. I'm. I yeah, am I'm. Down yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be watch. down. <laughs> I'd be down. Well, I'll be there watching. Hand tied behind my back, bro. Bro, you probably couldn't even reach my face with those little arms. Oh. <laughs> Yo, let's get a wingspan check on Flight Mike. What's your wingspan? 5'10"? 
I can't, I can't even, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't even, uh, he but said, I'm you look up to me when you talk to me. Well, there you have it, guys. Um, currently, the Chicago Bulls are the only team that's in the playoffs out of the three people that are you are watching. Thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed the Lisa podcast. We are very close to 40,000 subscribers where we are giving away a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, so make sure to subscribe. Turn on post notifications. You can follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on Apple. That's about it. What else do you guys have to say? <laughs> Any, any final words? Uh, yeah, Pelicans playoffs. Play, Pelicans play in. Come on. It's a season out over. Long season. Long season. Play in. What yeah. odds you want? I'll, I'll put a bet on that one. Uh, you, you see, you are not in my corner. You see, guys, this is guy, <laughs> like you You don't go anywhere. You're with 1 10. Uh, I can't be confident. Like, I'm confident, and you're trying to take advantage of me. Yo, in, in the pod, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's just got nothing to say. Yeah, he's done. He's thinking about our fight. So much. I'm so depressed now, man. I'll I'll see you guys later. (laughs) All right. Bye. All right. Thanks for watching, guys.